Hello, everyone. Welcome to OPA Podcast, episode 39. Today, we will be recapping uh, the game, home game versus Nebraska and previewing our next home matchup against the Maryland Terrapins and discuss any other sports takes and updates. And today, it's just two of us. I'm one of your hosts, Jason O. And I'm Griffin Most. And absent today is our illustrious two, three other members of the crew, Wyatt, Laurens, and Soup. Uh, I feel like at this point, Griffin, do you think we should make Soup an honorary member and not be a guest anymore? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Hell yeah. All right. So, everyone, thank you for joining for today's podcast. Today, we're recapping first piece is our home game last Saturday against the Nebraska Cornhuskers. So, the Gophers won 30-23, to moving to 4-2 and uh, overall with a 2-1 and record uh, in conference play. Nebraska drops a three and five overall with a one and four record in conference play. Uh, some quick stats. Uh, let's start with our quarterbacks, Griffin. Tanner Morgan was 20 for 24 on pass attempts with 209 passing yards uh, for two touchdowns and two interceptions with a quarterback rating of 84.6. But also our boy, uh, Wildcat quarterback Cole Kramer, was one for one with five yards uh Touchdown pass to Brevin Span Ford in the first quarter, uh, but he also rushed six times for 20 yards as well. So that's our quarterbacks. Um, I will say this: Tanner played a great game uh, last Saturday. Like the first half, 14 of 15 for those two touchdowns was just amazing. Yeah, he made really good throws. Uh, I mean, you just think of Crab, you think of Mike Brown Stevens in the end zone, you think of the slants to crab or to Brady Boyd um, really good pocket presence. And he was super confident. I know there was a, even mostly, mostly before the interceptions, but there was the, there was the pass that he had that was uh, reminding me of the game. Um, what was it? The, the bowl game against Auburn. He, Oh my God. What is going on with my computer here? against Auburn where uh, Tyler Johnson literally smoked Smoke Monday and that's just ex- like just the crossing route down the middle of the field that's exactly what it was like a little underthrown uh, so he wasn't necessarily catching it in stride but still a good enough uh, throw in the vicinity where they were able to make a big play um, so yes uh, Tanner's um, QB rating I think obviously is a little bit lower than I would have hoped but that's because he had those two interceptions one of them was just really bad. Yeah, uh, the one bad, the second one that we saw in the game, second half was really bad. He he just didn't see the uh, defender. But the first one was I thought, again, it, they they intercepted it in the I believe end zone for the touchback. But essentially, that was a fifty fifty ball. Uh, you mentioned off air. He he uh sort of underthrew the ball, but overall that was a you know that was a ball for Mike Brown Stevens to fight with that corner catch that and the corner just won that battle so i'd say that one pick i i'm not mad about it's the other one that was very egregious that put him in good field position and i think too for the first one um i wouldn't i'd still kind of put it on tanner but mike brown stevens i think he'll learn too he's still a young receiver but he can come back to that ball too and try and make a play he doesn't have to wait for it all the time necessarily to come to him because maybe he catches it in stride and he's in the end zone but it's not always about just being in the end zone. Just come back, make the play, and score the points later. Yep. But then uh, our other quarterback, 
Griffin, I just got to talk about him. Cole Kramer has thrown finally a touch, a pass in the Wildcat package. And this was a, um, was it fourth down? Yes, it was a fourth down play to Brevin Span Ford, wide, wide open. And of all, of all the times, Cole Kramer, I wouldn't even, it's hard to even call him a Wildcat QB because he is a QB. Yeah. Uh, but of all the, of all the, plays that we do where not 19 out of 20 times it's going to be a run like you would expect you'd expect us to run a some sort of draw play or some qb qb sneak on that but here we are throwing it to brevin span forward which is great i love it let's get that man his his targets his receptions but i just thought that was classic minnesota because yeah. i mean auburn fourth down seth green bryce with him yep Kind of the same thing, but I love it. I love to see him, and I love to see the Gophers, you know, convert on those big plays. Yeah, and and if I'd be quite honest, Griff, I want to see more Cole Kramer in the Wildcat package because essentially the only tape he has on film is majority running plays and the one, again, short pass to the tight end on a fade to get the touchdown. Um, So my hope is I hope we see more of him as we obviously when we saw Seth Green in the past. But not just for short yardage wildcat packages, but like I want him to see him throw because he he has a good arm too. Like I I believe he went to your high school back then. Yes, he did go to Eden Prairie. Yeah, and he had a good arm too. Like he was, I think our like I think out of the state of Minnesota, like the best dual threat quarterback out of the state of Minnesota, and he stayed home for to be a Gopher. So I hope to see him more. Uh, fingers crossed. But great game for our two quarterbacks. Uh. With okay, next up is running backs. Remember, we lost Trey Potts and uh Mohammed Ibrahim, <laughs> so we lost a lot of production. But in their place, Bryce Williams, who has been down the last couple of seasons, uh, carried a day at 17 carries, 127 yards, with one touchdown, with that long 56 yard run for it into the end zone, uh, where he just beat the defender, um, in, in open space. Uh, behind him, um, Bucko Irvin uh, was seven carries for 28 yards, uh, and Kai Thomas was also seven carries for 23 yards. Um, so essentially, looking at it right now, that's I think that's our new pair in the spare because Cam Wiley did put his name into the uh, transfer portal after the game. Yeah, it's almost hard to believe that we are on running backs three, four, five, six, however we want to look at it. Um, because our running backs this far down the depth chart are still producing starter-esque numbers. Um, of course, we'll never f- forget about Mo Ibrahim, but it's almost making me like think back to, holy cow, you know, we're f- five, six weeks ago and we're playing Ohio State and Mo Ibrahim was our starting running back. Um, yep. <laughs> I mean, Bucko Irving maneuvers his way through. Bryce Williams can rip those big runs. Kai Thomas has been great in pass protection. Um, that uh, that dime from Tanner Morgan to Mike Brown Stevens. Uh, Kai Thomas uh, shed the uh, defensive end and just held him off enough for Tanner to take a couple extra uh, steps sideways and find a find a good spot for that ball. And I, our running backs are so valuable, and I'm so glad yeah. we have Kenny leading that charge. And I'm just, you know, hopes and prayers that we don't lose Bryce, Mar- Bucko, Kai, um, because I don't know what we would do, man. Like, 
I don't want more injuries to come in. <laughs> Again, it's like the 20, uh, 7, 2018 season where we lost Shannon, Rodney, um, and then Mohammed was here and there throughout the season. It was pretty much Mohammed. Sometimes Bryce Williams uh, had to carry the load at running back. So, um, but no, great job by our running backs. Uh, it's passing. Um, what our, our lead receiver was Crab, uh, 11 receptions for 103 yards. Finally, our receivers have one of our receivers broke 100 yards for a game. Finally, uh, where Crab uh, scored that one touchdown in the game, where they of course obviously pulled the flag for uh, pulled out the flag for pass interference because that defender was all over him, but he still caught the ball and kept not just one, two feet in bounds like an NFL wide receiver, despite getting like pass interference from that defender so awesome work by crab you know number one receiver for us uh mike brown stevens uh stepped up a bit as well with with uh daniel jackson being out um with three receptions for 58 yards his longest was 19.3 with also one touchdown uh our boy brevin spanford at tight end three receptions for 23 yards with one touchdown from cole kramer earlier in the game uh dalen wright uh two receptions for 17 yards uh, Brady Boyd, one uh, one reception for that 12 yards. That was crucial on that drive. And then uh, Bucky or Bucko at one reception for one yard. Um, just another, like, I think it was, uh, to quote Soup, it was a very great game. Like, Mike Sanford called a very balanced, great game. Like, to, like uh, you know, Soup goes complaining about him for a couple weeks. Uh, Soup, uh, credit where credit's due, a toast to Mike Sanford for his offensive calling uh, for the first half and at the later half uh, or later part of the fourth quarter. Uh, what happened during the third and part of the fourth quarter, uh, we should not be being cute uh, per suit, but uh, what do you think of our offense overall? Um, first, second, and yeah, well, let's just say up to halftime. That was awesome. Um, I have some issues. Well, I had some issues. I was about screaming at my phone watching this. Um, but when uh, Nebraska, sorry, what? Did you see that flea flicker that got sacked for like o- over 15 yards? Oh, yeah, but I didn't have an issue with that. It was the Nebraska could not convert on fourth and goal. Yant falls short. And our first thought is Tanner Morgan is going to drop back, be three, four, five yards deep in the end zone, and we're handing it to Bryce Williams, who – squirms his way like back to the line of scrimmage and close enough safety exactly and i'm kind of sitting here like you got to be freaking kidding me and then the next play they decide let's just launch it 40 yards down the field and just throw it up in the air and then on third and 10 cole kramer just takes it and runs three yards uh we should not be calling those plays on the three inch line um, I would I would have said to do some sort of sneak right away to get a couple yards. You need breathing room, or maybe we try a slant to Brady Boyd again because he converted last time. I don't care. Don't hand it off in the end zone and don't just chuck it forty yards down the field. Yeah. We gave Nebraska in early in the third quarter two well well in the third quarter a couple chances on a shorter field or just turn the ball over to them, which is I think why they got um close to us again but anyway overall 
we ended up winning first second for the a little bit of fourth quarter Sanford and Simon did a pretty good job but I just had issues with that one drive where why why are these play calls yeah um to quote uh, soup earlier as well um off air and I totally agree we didn't keep the foot on the gas like in the third in the in, uh, starting off in the second half third quarter we were just marching down the field right and all of a sudden after that drive of course we get the pick like you know that was the pick that happened with a touchback and that, that's the one i'm not angry about overall that second half from like after that first drive in the third quarter up until that drive where bryce williams scores that 56 yard touchdown we were we, we were it was it was the same off vanilla offense we saw in bowling green like that kind of performance and i was not happy with that overall like again I give kudos to Mike Sanford for the first half, right? Mm-hmm. Great game. Second half, I was like, "Holy hell, what are we doing?" Like, you know, I, I'm happy our defense made the stop. They didn't like. They was fourth and in inches. They tried to go for it to get a touchdown. Defense rocked it all day, as best they could. Um, but then, you know, some of these play, play calls, I'm like, like, why are we doing this? Like, we we have better options in the playbook as well. Um, that. As you as you were, I was screaming and pulling my hair out in my room. I'm like, what the hell are we doing? Uh, like it's again the same vanilla Gophers that played Bowling Green, uh, uh, you know, lost or like that game in Miami of Ohio where we just literally almost hand a game off to Miami. So I think our offense, yeah, uh, we can agree, our offense is very capable of being a good offense, right? Right. But we keep doing the things that like like essentially like stabbing or hurting or stubbing our own foot and do and not just once doing it multiple times in the game <laughs> right like we ended the second scoring last and then we got the ball back marched on the field even if they ran the ball three times and it got to fourth down and Trickett kicks a field goal that's still 24 to 9 that's yep. still point board no matter how you look at it and that probably wouldn't have caused this game to get as close as it did but yeah um I mean, even then, um, Connor Culp missing field goals, that was huge, too. But, I mean, overall, you saw that when Nebraska was stuffed, they were stuffed. But then when you have their playmakers, Austin Allen, the tight end, Xavier Betts, and um, Ramir Johnson, those, when they were ripping off big runs, big pass plays, they, (laughs) Nebraska started cooking. And that's how they got back in this game. So once they had that momentum, it kind of forced our defense to soften up a little bit, and and our defense needed to step on uh, the gas and apply more pressure, as did our offense. Yep. Before we uh, roast uh, Nebraska further for LaRon's Wyatt and Soup's sake, as our crew usually does, um, I do want to mention a few more stats. Our defense, uh, I'd say, played a solid game. Um uh, Jack Gibbons led the team in eight total tackles, five solo. Uh, Jordan Howden was at seven total tackles. Marion Stormare at six. Corny Durr at five. Asazi four. Thomas Rush three. Justice Harris three. Tyler Newbin and Niles Pickney at three total tackles. But I want to give kudos to one person who forced a safety on Adrian Martinez. And that was... Who was that? For, uh... Was that Boye? 
I can't remember if it was Boye or Asazi. Asazi. Asazi Otomewo got a safety off of Adrian Martinez. He was out of the tackle box and threw the ball. Uh, uh, Essentially, it was a safety, even though uh, people were saying intentional grounding by safety or a sack in the end zone, but doesn't matter. Uh, We got the safety that gave us the ball back, and then Bryce Williams ran uh, ran it in for the end zone to make it a two-score game. Um, so kudos, uh, I, again, defense struggled. Like they, you know, they let some bit chunk plays happen to them, but like, again, they, they were competitive. That fourth down stop, like I mentioned earlier, uh, was crucial. Great job by the defense. I think Joe Rossi called, I'd say his, uh, a great game and, and, you know, adjusting when he needed to, um, then on special teams, uh, unfortunately Matt, uh, Trickett missed the field goal. Um, but it was but made all his extra points, and then Mark Crawford had four punts, averaging forty three point three yards with a long of fifty two yards, uh, for the game. But yeah, Gophers to, and and in the end got the win. Um, can't be more happier, of course. But uh, are you ready to shit on well, Nebraska? I am, but I just wanna one. Obviously, we thank you, Asazi Tomowell, for that safety. Points are great and all that, but um, I loved seeing MJ Anderson as well. He had those two oh, pass. Yeah. Those those were huge. Getting his big, meaty paw up in the air and just blocking anything Martinez threw. Um, I think the third down. I think they were back to back or on just on the same. Um, yep. Same set of downs. I can't remember exactly, but put his hand in the air. I think on third, second or third down and that receiver had just a little out route that probably was going to catch it eight yards down the field. Maybe he would have uh, jumped up the field for a couple extra yards in the first down, but that was huge. And then when Martinez was scrambling, uh, I think it was on the fourth and 10 uh, when they were trying to convert, he stuck his hand up and knocked it down again. And he quietly had, I think one of, one of his best games, but those were, that was also a crucial point in the game too, uh, where the Gophers could get the ball back and, eat more clock and do what PJ and them like to do. Yep. Anyway, sure. Nebraska. So this is from soup. Uh, this is his roast or, or shit talk to Nebraska. Uh, this is from Twitter. Uh, some key stats about coach Scott Frost. <laughs> Scott Frost versus active FPS coaches. There are 55 active coaches with the same number of games as Scott Frost at 40 or more. And uh, at their current programs, and 32 of the 55 are Power Five programs. So there's six reasons, li- six things listed, stats-wise. Number one, Scott Frost's overall winning record, uh, winning percentage. He is second at the bottom at 37 and a half percent, 54th out of 55. To put in perspective, uh, the only other coach is Brent Benden at Saint San Jose State. With that, with that risk record at 34.6. Uh, then number two, winning percentage versus conference opponents. Frost is at third bottom at 32.2%, 53rd out of 55. Uh, the only other coaches is David Cutcliffe at Duke and uh, Dino Bar- Barbers at Syracuse. Um, and no other coach in the Big Ten uh, has a low- winning percentage less than 40 Number three, winning percentage versus opponents with winning records at over 500. Scott 
Frost is last at 10%, 55 out of 55. Number four, winning percent versus opponents with winning conference records, plus 500 in conference play. He is second at the bottom at 5.55%, 54 out of 55. Reason five, winning percent versus power five opponents, 31st out of 32. Uh, then number six, lastly, winning percent versus top 25 opponents. He is at last place at 0%. Huh. Fire Scott Frost. Yeah, you. no other coach in, I would argue, the country would still have their job with those numbers. I mean, you are quite literally on a performance-based job where numbers mm -hmm. literally determine your employment. <laughs> uh, if PJ had these same numbers after these three, four years, he'd be fired by now. Yep. But what has PJ given us? Measurable success, both in records and recruiting. I mean, he went five and seven, seven and five, 11 and two, COVID year. Now we are four and two, I think, on track to another bowl, maybe seven and five. Like for at least a gopher program, he's now what, 17 and eight, I think we saw, like in conference games or something, Correct. which ties Glenn Mason for the most in that time span. And um, he also surpassed Jerry Kills overall winning percentage or record um, as well. So, and, and Fleck is still hired as well. So if he keeps going, he's going to surpass him. Uh, Jerry Kill for that as well. Exactly. So, I mean, at least if, it, it's just funny to hear any Nebraska fan try to compare the two coaches, which we all understand. PJ is not for everybody. He says it himself. Uh, but he is a very good guy to run your football team, in my opinion. Yep. And good coach, classy coach. We all saw the video too of With Adrian him. Martinez at the end of the exactly. game. Exactly. Where the hell was Scott, Scott Frost? Scott Frost was nowhere to be found. Um, and Tanner Morgan was obvious, you could probably say, not talked to at all by him either. Um, but that's Scott Frost, and he's still the savior for some reason. Yep. When it's, it's sad, too, because at least their current team, there are so many good playmakers on their team right now. Yeah. I mean, we Mir Johnson, that dude can run. Yeah. Yeah, is... uh, Austin God. Allen, their tight end, was literally being like a Noah Fant or TJ Hawkinson out on the field as well. Like our our defense couldn't stop him. Um, get over Martin... a... and I'm sitting there like, how are you not targeting this dude more often? Every time a mate, he made a play, he was wide open, or there was coverage, and he made the play anyway because he's eight inches taller than his defender. Yep. <laughs> it was it was unreal. I'm sitting there like, why? Are you not designing some sort of play every other play and, for Austin? And also, Adrian Martinez, even though he was like unhinged during the uh, during the first half of the game, he was making a comeback. Like he like got two two hundred plus yards as a quarterback. This game was fighting his way back, uh, and of course, like Scott Frost being Scott Frost in his like post game or po uh, like you know post week show about you know like kind of like RPJ Flex show. Just like, oh, he's playing a little dinged up. I'm like, yeah, he wasn't dinged up. He was shaken up. You didn't coach him well enough. You didn't make your adjustments. That's first half. In the second half, 
you guys didn't convert and that's all I'm coaching at you guys. Like, I think like you said it best Griffin, they have talent on that Nebraska team. And I feel like Scott Frost and majority of his staff is wasting that. Um, so again, uh, Scott Frost lost at home to us. And remember it's like pretty much a three year rotation when they lose us at home, someone gets fired. And in this case, it's going to be, I like be 99% sure it's Scott Frost. Because we did it to Mike Riley, and we did it to Bo Pelini. Hmm. Also, we'll... kudos for the uh, $5 of Broken Bits of Chair, a charity. Um, they they racked up a lot of money for uh, cancer research for both Min- uh, Minnesota Masonic and uh, Nebraska's equivalent to that, or their cancer program as well. So kudos to all both Minnesota and uh, Cornhusker fans for contri- uh, contributing to that. Um, so it's a great thing to see, even though it's not an official trophy, it's something good for a good cause as well. So kudos to those fans as well uh, as we wrap up our recap against uh, the Cornhuskers from last week. So Griff, ready to move on and preview our next opponent? Let's do it. All right. So this upcoming Saturday, uh, October the 23rd, we'll be facing off at home versus the Maryland Terrapins. Uh, just a quick few items about this game. It's going to be aired on ESPN2. At a two, with a 2.30 kickoff. So finally an af- uh, afternoon game. So for our fellow bandmates, uh, from us fellow alumni, have fun sleeping in a little. <laughs> um, as for other details, uh, Maryland and the Gophers. Uh, the Gophers are favored by Vegas, minus 5.5, uh, with an over-under at 54.5. And, and ESPN's FPI has been updated, favoring the Gophers 74.1% versus Maryland's 25.9%. Um, and I think I have some items here that can't justify those pieces of data. Uh, Maryland has lost uh, not just one star receiver uh, for this season, but also they lost their second up-and-coming receiver. So their lead receiver, Dante Demas Jr., is their lead, re- lead receiver at 507 yards uh, for the season, is out uh, for the season. And then... Um, Jayshon Jones, uh, who played against Ohio State, uh, not last year, but the week before, uh, was also injured. And even though they had a bye last week, he is going to be out for this game. So they, they're out their two best receivers. And their run game has sort of been, um, eh, their uh, lead rusher is at 338 yards for the season. Um, and, of course, Tolia Tagovailoa is uh, doing – you know, Tiger Vailoa things as a quarterback, uh, throwing for 1,776 yards uh, so far this season with a uh, 72% completion percentage uh, with 14 touchdowns and eight interceptions uh, this year. And he has been sacked 12 times, too. Their O-line is not as robust as well. So uh, there's some quick key stats to, as to why possibly, like uh, key personnel being out. Um, so... Also, Maryland is currently 4-2. Uh, they, they dropped their last two games uh, a couple weeks ago versus Ohio State, 17-66. Then against Iowa, 14-51. But then their first four games they won against Western, uh, no, West Virginia, Howard, Illinois, and Kent State. Barely beat Illinois, but win's a win. Correct. So, Griff, where do you want to start with this game? Uh, for preview, God, I don't even know. Um, 
Well, Gophers are favored according to the FPI. And by Vegas. And by Vegas. We got an over-under of 54, which sorry, 54 and a half, which I think is pretty accurate, and I think it'll end up hitting the over, if I'm quite honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the the difference in this game is going to be those two uh, number wide receiver one and two for Maryland. Um, I'm not scared of Maryland's run game. Yeah, I think that'll allow us to play a little looser on defense in terms of ensuring that maybe there's a linebacker spy of some sort so that yeah. we don't have to pressure the quarterback. Um, but if the court, if, if uh Tegavailoa does get loose, we'll have someone there, but just focus more on the pass game. I don't know how many uh, reps some of these new receivers are getting in practice, but I mean, they're going to start. They're probably going to have some jitters. They're inexperienced. Uh, yeah. I would attack. I want to make uh, Tegavailoa as uncomfortable as possible. And I want to at least shut down their run game because I have, I have a lot of confidence in our secondary yep. to make plays. And I will note this too. Remember, we played them during the COVID year, and that game we went to overtime. We both scored touchdowns, but we lost the game because we missed the extra point in that game. So remember, like last year, we were missing a lot of personnel too, even on the O line, and we still kept a close game as well. So I think. Um, it's going to be a, a, a fight, right? You know, the Gophers cannot skimp o- like skip over Maryland and our other opponents in the coming weeks to look ahead of Iowa. Because remember, we are firmly at second place and tied with, I think, Purdue and a couple other teams for mm-hmm. second place in the Big Ten West. Um, and of course, obviously, Iowa is still first. I think if we can win Maryland and keep slowly, again, getting better on offense, our defense still builds, still built be stingy and special teams does not screw us over looking at you matt trickett for missing the field goal at home Mm. but um i think it's gonna be a dog fight i i know the gophers when uh, our knowing pj and this team they're not uh they're not gonna uh you know overlook this point remember one game week one game championship week you know we're we're on the week we're we're on maryland week uh we're not looking at iowa or illinois or northwestern or wisconsin right it's strictly Maryland, the Terrapins, and what they have on their offense and defense and special teams. So I think I want a game like Nebraska, like like first half Nebraska, where the Gophers just stomp all over Maryland and just keep the foot on the gas through the second half. Like that's what I want to see. Because remember, we've been making improvements throughout the season, right, since we lost to Bowling Green. Like we improved at Purdue. We improved further at Nebraska. Now – Keep going. Keep the foot on the gas. Um, and I think my prediction is going to be, I think we're going to go 35 and uh, 28. So we'll, I'll, I'll take the uh, over roughly. Yeah. And then uh, we'll cover the spread. Oh, so we're doing score predictions now. Well, my my mine is looped into score, so you you don't have to do it unless you have more notes or feedback on the game ahead. Um, yeah. So Maryland's Maryland's offense obviously was looks like their strong their strong point. I mean, they well, not it was it wasn't their strong point. Um, and our defense is 
a lot better than the first two games when we had against Ohio, Miami of Ohio and um, Ohio State. I mean, we're the last four weeks, 23, 13, 10 and zero. Mm-hmm. That's drastic improvement. Uh, and I, I can't wait to see these these boys gel together kind of more than they already have. I remember a couple years ago when uh, Maryland was here at TCF. I mean, we even had Jacob Clark and Harry Van Dyne connect for a touchdown pass. We had, I think, Coney Durr had a reception that was uh, deflected, and then he caught it over the middle of the field and ran it back for six. Um, I, I think our defense is going to be the deciding factor in this game that kind of helps put it away for us. Our offense will still, you know, our, our big guys will make plays. Even our, you know, two or two and three running back receivers um, are going to make some plays, but mm-hmm. offense will do their part, but defense will kind of help, help us put it over the edge. Yep. So what's your score prediction then? Let's, I was pretty close last week. I think I said like, what did I say last? Twenty-eight to twenty. Uh, why it was the closest prediction? He was thirty to uh, twenty-four. Why it was a point off, but close enough. Very, very close. You thinking same doing? score? No, not same score. Wait, what was your score again? Thirty-five to twenty-eight. I'll take the over. A one-possession game, huh? Let's do. Let's do 38 Gophs, 24 Terps. All right. And then from Wyatt, uh, from his uh, show notes, he is taking the Gophers 23 to 17. Woo! We love playing those close games. I know, right? Uh, the, the, the cardiac kids, them Gophers. <laughs> Boye Mafe with that 15-yard unnecessary roughness call. Really sent me. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, um, to look ahead, uh, I believe the Vikings are on bye. Yes. This week, so no Vikings to play. Uh, of course, uh, I'm not sure about the Bears. I'll let Laurens and Soup discuss that when they're back on air. Um, as for Gopher Sports Griffin, um, our women's hockey team, I think they're fourth in the nation right now. Um, go for men's hockey. I believe their th- record is three and one. Last weekend they had a top ten matchup against uh, Saint Cloud. Saint Cloud State, uh, going one and one in that series. Um, did you see? Did you see the ending of the game? Yeah, apparently it was a foul or penalty, but they didn't call it, and we scored to win the game. Yeah. Oh gosh, there was. It was amazing, too, because so Blake McLaughlin tries to, you know, uh, skate around the net, but gets a stick caught up in the defender. Defender falls down. So you're like, okay, where's the hooking call coming? And Blake McLaughlin looks back at stripes over there in the corner and says, oh, no, no penalty. Okay. (laughs) And uh, walks out in front, seals the deal. And uh, that was just the funniest thing where it's like, well, St. Cloud, I, I hate to say it, but you, you kind of got screwed. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm not even mad. That, <laughs> it's, that, like, it's like when we won the Purdue game last year where they had that, like, flag. But he's hey, like, Lor- 
but like we'll take LeBron it. LeBron will still argue. LeBron will still argue it was valid. Yeah, true. It it, it was a valid flag, but it was valid. It was it was ticky tack, but it was valid. Yes, but it that, was. that that uh that official had a date. He had a dinner date, and he was ready to GTFO. <laughs> yep. Uh, as for other news, um, basketball season is gonna be returning back soon as well. Um. Jake Butler, uh, one of our junior divers on the swim team, is has been named also to Big Ten Diver of the Week, as well. Um, and yeah, and then uh, the number twelve Gopher volleyball team is hosting number twelve, uh, number fourteen Penn State, and number six Ohio State this upcoming weekend as well. Um, you know, shout out to our other Gopher sports. Um, you know, kudos to all of them, especially hockey. Hell yeah. Uh, the Wild had their home opener last night as well. That was an amazing game as well. I know. That was a lit game. I was watching. I was like, I, I was, I came in way late. Like the game was already still already tied three, three when I came in, but like, Oh, that was a fun game to watch last night. The, and the, the wild just look unbelievably good this year. I'm so, it, it, it's hard to let a Minnesota guy go like Zach Parisi. And then you let Ryan Suter go, but when you when those contracts are eating up the salary cap and what you can do, and then you bring in these guys that are just big, tough fighters, but you also have some really haters in there too. Like this wild team looks really, really good. Yep. And and if I I might be up in the cities this weekend, I'm not sure yet. If I do, I'll definitely be at the Gopher game. But the wild yep. game also survives, so. Um, if uh, maybe I'll do, maybe I'll get a little taste of both if I'm up there. All we'll right. find out. Not sure yet. Awesome. Well, um, I think that's all I had. I don't have any takes in particular. Uh, anything from your end? Oh God. Um, Oklahoma still looks really good without Spencer Rattler. Yep. And. It's amazing to me too that they're still what is it six or seven and zero now. I thought they lost the game. Oh no 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 oh, did... they, no they won in uh, overtime. My bad. I mean this team gives up so many points and they're still six and zero. I just look at them and I'm like wow. But you know if they they're still undefeated they'll be put in the college football playoffs and then oh, it's okay so they're seven and zero. But yeah I mean their defense. Well, other than Western Carolina Catamounts, I mean, giving up 35, 16, 13, 31, 48, 31. Yep. Not necessarily great, but. Oh, oh hang on. Uh, where is this? Yo, boiler up last weekend. Yeah, Purdue's cracking the top 25. Yeah, beating, beating Iowa 24 to 7 in Connecticut. <laughs> Oh, that was a fun game to watch. Speaking of Purdue, um, Nebraska is doing buy one, get one tickets for their game against Purdue. Oh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Hey, They're desperate, guys. Hey, They're desperate for fans. Jeff Brom, go kick their ass this Saturday. Oh, I mean, the way they played Iowa, yeah, you betcha. Yep. But also, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta recap a little bit last week too. Michigan State is now seven and zero, barely beating Indiana twenty to fifteen. Um, then 
go Army. They kept it close, beating uh, uh losing to Wisconsin fourteen to twenty. Like, you know, like Graham Mertz was only eight for fifteen for one hundred twelve yards. Like they gave it all to their running back for sixteen carries and one hundred eight yards. Um, and Jake Ferguson, their lead uh re- receiver at tight end for four receptions for fifty eight yards. Yeah, and mo- and two of those touchdowns were scored, I think, in the final two minutes of the game. So that game was even closer than uh, I think the score. Well, I mean, it was still close, but there just wasn't a lot of scoring at all. It's it's amazing to me that Army will still wants to run the triple option. Yeah. Or, or just in general, because they were getting stuffed like every play by Wisconsin, and Wisconsin couldn't do anything offensively on their own. Yeah. But uh, also this, kudos to Northwestern. Like I know we've been rooting for Rutgers, but Rutgers lost seven to twenty-one to Northwestern. Man, yeah, that's brutal. Oh, Greg Schiano, what's going on over there? <laughs> I know, I know you're three and four, but come on, <laughs> get, not, enough, not enough trick plays in the book. Get that, get, get come on, get get that, get that fan base back to a bowl game. Come on, come on. <laughs> he needs to, he needs to uh, script about five trick plays every game. Yeah. But uh but yeah, no. Next week is uh looking ahead. Michigan's playing Northwestern uh at uh Big House. Illinois is playing Penn State uh at uh at Penn State. Actually, no, Purdue is playing Wisconsin this weekend. Um at Ross Abe. Uh, Maryland's against us, and then Indiana's playing uh, the Ohio State. So yeah, that's uh, awesome. Anything else? Um, I think Cincinnati has a really good chance going undefeated. They have a pretty easy remaining schedule. Yep. Uh, I mean, their their hardest opponent has been the number. Number currently number nine Notre Dame, and their only ranked team left, if they still are at the time, would be uh, SMU, the Mustangs. So, right. I mean, they got a pretty easy schedule, but go Bearcats. Yeah, I mean, I think one of our former, yeah, our former, um, one of our former assistant athletic directors is currently the athletic director there. So good for him, and yep, good for the program there as well. No, but you think, but if this happens, if Cincinnati makes the college football playoff, right? Like, assuming like they go undefeated uh, and they have a high enough ranking, do you think Luke Fickle, their head coach, would leave for another job like the USC opening or LSU opening right now? God, that's such a big jump to go from yeah. the American to the SEC. But I also think that they would incentivize him enough to stay. I mean, he's built yep. what Cincinnati hasn't had in a long time. Yep. So I, I, I mean, it's it's college football, so anything's possible. True. I mean, LPJ could leave at the end of this season. Who even knows what comes up? But to be honest. I would, to be honest, with PJ leaving though is always a revolving conversation each year, man. <laughs> exactly, but I think Fickle, Fickle definitely could get a better job. But I mean, I think he likes. I mean, I guess I don't know, but I would think he likes where he's at and what he's built. And I think he would stay, but we'll we find out. See, 
we shall see. All right. Well, that's it. Want to wrap up? Yeah, that works. Awesome. Well, everyone, thank you for listening today, tonight, this morning, or whichever, whenever you listen to this podcast. But thank you so much for listening in. And uh, we'll be seeing you next week or episode 40. We're getting ever, ever closer to episode 42.0, our special uh, in a couple of weeks. But again, thank you again. And uh, take a chance to watch the podcast on YouTube or listen to where you listen to podcasts such as uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and those platforms. But other than that, thank you for your time. And we'll see you all next time. Again, I'm your host, Jason O. And I'm Griffin Most, signing off. And we'll see you all next time. And oh. Oh. Thank you.